Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it. It's been a year of podcasting for the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, uh, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. We have some soccer to talk about. We've brought some friends along to help us celebrate, and we've got the the usuals here as well. So we're going to go ahead and get things going with all of this. I hope you're ready for some fun tonight. Uh, I hope I'm ready. i got to get all my stuff set up here. Uh, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy, he's found a great ball, and it bolts in plenty of time. He smashes it home and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas and a Volson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and burying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how is it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast brought to you by roughneck scarves and golden gold press we are the first and only podcast that's dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, Joining me as he does each and every episode since the beginning, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you feeling today? I'm pretty good. You know, it's a nice little anniversary, birthday, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's been a swell, swell year. Uh, It's been an amazing year. Go ahead. My sorry, life has noticeably improved since joining this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, it has you know, honestly, and honestly, it feels like it's gone so quick. Uh, you know, I, I looked at, I think you were the one that brought it up to me at, after we recorded last episode or maybe two weeks ago that that was coming or this was coming up. And I was super excited about that. Uh, we also have a guest joining us. Before I get to one of our other regulars, I've got to bring this guest on because this guest was also with us very first episode. She was a big part of our early success as a podcast. She uh, helped us out. She let us uh, utilize her website that she manages to try and uh, spread the word of Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, she's always done a great job covering the team uh, back into the Blues days. And that's Alicia from Angels on Parade. Alicia, welcome back to the, the show. Thanks for having me on and uh, happy birthday to the podcast. Um, I did buy a little cake and we've got uh, some balloons in the background and I can't wait to take some pictures with this podcast. Woohoo. I, I, yeah, that'd, that'd be amazing. And, and I forgot one other thing I forgot to put in there for Alicia is she is the reigning guest of the year from the <laughs> Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards. Uh, it was a very close contest between her and John Macaluso, Brad, your friend up there at uh, 1868 Weekly. Uh, but Alicia did pull off that victory. Uh, she was here. She got to do an acceptance, acceptance speech with us uh, when she did that. So welcome back. We'll, we'll get a few words from you. I know you don't, you can't really spend the whole episode with Alicia. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll speak with you briefly once I do the final introductions here. Um, definitely got to introduce someone that's been with us uh, this whole season pretty much. And that's Alan. Alan, how are you feeling? 
Great, great day of soccer. Started pretty early. I didn't catch the first World Cup game, but I've been literally watching and playing soccer all day long. And by playing, I mean on video games, not actually outside. FIFA, 19? FIFA nineteen, yeah. Not not PES. No, no FIFA, and I'm not not great on it, but whatever. We need to get a match going, Alan. I, I know we got to do that. Um, let's continue our our introductions. We've got uh, we just I mentioned him just a few moments ago, Brad. Uh, from 1868 Weekly, sort of representing the Reno area, and our good buddy John, who couldn't make it on because, uh, you know, like many of us, he has a life outside of podcasting, and unfortunately, his schedule didn't allow for him to join. But Brad was able to make it. Brad, uh, welcome back onto our show. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to replicating our hair bet later this year. Ooh, we're, we're, we'll definitely get into talking about that, and we'll let everyone know what's going on with that as well. Uh, and last but not least, uh, representing our next opponents and the fans out there in the deserts uh, with their hashtag Orange County Hate Week. We've got Kevin from the PRFC Fan Show. I hope I got that right. I think I'm, I'm learning it. We've had you on a few times now. I think I'm getting there. You're getting there. Uh, glad to be here. It's always fun to uh, to meet up with you guys. And uh, yeah, we've got a game coming up Saturday. And I'm looking forward to meeting uh, Dylan and Ellen in person and having a good time. Perfect. Yeah, I know those guys are, are planning on making the trip out there. I would love to make the trip out there, uh, but I work at UC Irvine, and this upcoming weekend is commencement weekend, and I work in student affairs, which basically throws on the commencements, and I'm going to be working all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, like 12-hour shifts each of those days. So unfortunately, I couldn't make the ride or, or commit to going to Phoenix, but we'll get into Phoenix uh, definitely in the show, and, and we'll have a lot to talk about there. Uh, but we got to talk about this last match that happened here with um, – with Las Vegas, uh, in Las Vegas. And I'm going to jump right to Alicia because, she, again, she's been covering this team longer than any of us have been thinking of covering Orange County Soccer Club. Alicia, uh, what were your thoughts on that Vegas match, um, just sort of in general, and then we'll, we can get into some more of the details as we uh, talk a little bit? Well, I think in the in context, it, it was a pretty good result. I mean, obviously, this is a team that's been looking for you know, wins all season. Last season, the wins came so easily, especially on the road. So going out on the road and, and playing a Vegas team that had yet to lose this year at home, um, you know, it was a tall test. And then picking up a, a red card right before the half, I mean, that makes it even tougher, especially when um, you're already down a goal. But um, credit to, to OC for, you know, digging in and, and, you know, really grinding out a result. They had a, a chance to win it late. Um, unfortunate they didn't, but um, I think it's one of those situations where if you kind of take the context of the game, uh, you know, playing a man down for half of it and uh, picking up any kind of result at all, I think a road points, you know, pretty, pretty decent. I'd agree with you pretty much uh, in the context of the way the season's been going, a point on the road is probably a good thing. Uh, I think the one reason why maybe Orange County fans are a little bit frustrated with it is just because it's just been so many one-point matches where really, like you said, even in this match, the very end, there was a really, really, really good opportunity to get to steal the full three points in this match. Uh, Dylan, let me jump over to you really quick. Uh, do you agree with Alicia, you know, that, you know, being able to head out of there with one point at least is a good thing there? Or is is this really just disappointing because of what could have happened there in the final seconds? Um, it's a good result, all things considered. Um, that red card was just absolutely stupid. Um, getting the goal called back was absolutely stupid. Just 
terrible refereeing um, all night was was stupid. Um, <laughs> given the context of what happened, yeah, that's a that's a decent result. Um, but it was a bit of a letdown, and it's not even just because Trotter puts a, a shot over the bar in the last second, last kick of the game. Oh, man. Um, just kind of a culmination of everything there. Um, just piss poor refereeing. Um, Irvin Para, I mean, I don't know how to describe I mean, award that. winner there, right? Cheating, diving, disrespecting the spirit of the game, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I sound like an old white guy watching baseball. Is it only shooting bat flip? But I mean, like faking a headbutt. Well, it's like they brought their two heads together like this. I, you know, you you can go onto YouTube and you can search like worst flops or or whatever uh, in soccer or even just in life, and you'll see some stuff that pretty is, is pretty comparable to what we saw there. You know, Alston and, and Par like this, and then all the, they're they're touching heads, and all of a sudden Par like acts like he just got like knocked out. Alan, yeah, do you do you agree with that, Alan? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he is going to be not in their next game because he went or on different thing, to but yeah. Instagram and was like, we're not getting paid. And they're like, yeah, you are. And he's like, oops. Um, yeah, it was frustrating. Like getting into the game, I thought it would be a draw. Like I'd be really happy with the draw, like a 1-1, 2-2. I think that's what I said on the pod last week is that I think getting out of Vegas with the draw, it would be a great thing. Uh, but watching that game, Orange County should have won that game, even down a man. I thought they were the better side. I thought there was a couple of chances that they let get by. Uh, it was a little bit frustrating. Uh, like, I believe I texted both of you right when Trotter booted it over the bar. Like, ah, how does he not get that on target? Like, how do you just not try to make the goalie make a save? Uh, I thought they could have very easily gone out of there with three points, which is huge against Vegas. Uh, but again, going into the game, I definitely would have walked away with a 1-1 draw. Uh, so with all that, all that being said, I was, you know, decently happy. Uh, we got what I would hope to have gotten. Uh, knowing that we have a really big test next week in Phoenix. Oh, and we're going to get into that, Alan. I, I, it seems like everyone just wants to start getting into that Phoenix stuff. Uh, let me get back to you really quick, Alicia, because uh, I, I think a lot of people were either on social media or maybe some of the traveling fans out there at the stadium uh, in the extra time going on. Uh, I think everyone was like basically yelling at the TV or at the stadium, ref, blow the whistle, ref, blow the whistle, because I think it had gone like three minutes past what was initially offered as far as far as extra time go uh, goes. Were you in that situation? Were you basically sitting there saying, Hey, what's going on? Blow this whistle. Or uh, do you think that was fair as far as the amount of time that was going or being added even on top of the extra time? No, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I don't know. I don't tend to get really riled up about referees, but I did think that the, uh, amount of stoppage time was pretty absurd. And I mean, we do have to admit too that uh, Vegas almost got a winner and off of an own goal and Patrick McLean had to like bail him out. And then Trotter went down to the other end and, and missed the chance to win it. So really either team could have won it in stoppage time. But yeah, I mean, it was funny because when I went back and looked at the um, highlights again, I was like, oh, wow, that really was a long time on stoppage time. Like, seriously crazy how long it took <laughs> the game to end. I don't know what, you know, where he got the time from, if he doubled, you know, if it was like doubled up from the, the first half or, or what the heck happened. Yeah, I don't know. 
Well, I know Austin like was was down hurt for a little bit there in extra time, and I, I saw if you look at the the match, he, the ref was pointing to his watch a little bit there. So I I anticipated maybe an extra minute on stoppage time, but uh, I think it went well beyond an extra minute on top of the uh, the stoppage time. Uh, let me ask you really quick, Alicia, because uh, I, I want to get as much out of you before you have to head out. Um, does does Liam Trotter have to make that goal there at the end? Is that is, is can we be harsh on him for missing that goal, or is that a really tough? goal to to take when you know the whistle's about to blow and and you've ran pretty much the whole distance across that field well i'll say as you know somebody who's not a professional soccer player i mean i always kind of feel bad about um you know saying you got you got to make the shot you know you you got to get it in but um i i've been a little bit disappointed with trotter's play overall um the season i mean i maybe it's just a matter of he's not playing the role that I expected he was going to be playing, but um, I haven't really been particularly impressed with him. So I think it's tough because he had this chance to like save the game and, and really do something pretty special. And he fell flat and that kind of, you know, reinforces the opinions, you know, you have coming in. Um, I'll say on the other hand, you know, Harry Forrester, I think he's been a really good addition um, but I think Trotter, you know, yeah, exactly. I think Trotter by, you know, by comparison, um, I think he's been kind of disappointing. And, um, you know, again, I don't want to be like, he has to make it because I think that's kind of a cliche. But I do think that that's the situation where, you know, some there are moments where you got to make the play and um, he just didn't. And, you know, it's tough. I'm not saying everybody's going to make it, but um you know, it, it, it's just kind of continuing, I think, the pattern a little bit for him. Uh, let me go to you really quick. Um, well, let me let me ask Brad and Kevin, because you guys have been just sort of sitting there listening to what we've got to say. And, and I don't know if anyone wants to raise their hand to go first. But uh, did you guys, did either of you get a chance to watch either the match or even just the highlights of this match uh, uh, against Vegas for Orange County? Yeah, so I did. Uh, this is Kevin. Um you know, it, it was because we had OC coming up, so I kind of scanned through the through the game. It wasn't live. Um, you know, bottom line is, is you know, I'm a Phoenix Rising fan. We think Vegas sucks, <laughs> right? You and, and Bradley um, will get along then. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get along with many people. Um, <clears throat> but the bottom line is, uh, you guys did have some real missed chances. I mean, you're there to put the ball in the back of the net, and it just wasn't happening. Um, you guys have a fairly potent offense, um, so it was, survive- it was surprising not to see them do a little bit better. The officiating was crap. The red card was crap. Uh, so it was, you know, I honestly thought you guys would come out with three points on that game, but you didn't. What about you, Brad? Uh, I, you know, being a Reno fan, I know you guys don't really like Vegas much either. Uh, were you were you guys rooting for Orange County in this? Or were you hoping somehow, some way, they'd be able to, you know, t- uh, a man down still? pull that uh, amazing comeback i mean you guys weren't just a man down you guys like basically three man down missing your two highest scoring players this game so i didn't really get to watch too much of this game i did catch the highlights for the most part and you guys did get gypped in that last minute scenario um i guess for me i'm a little disappointed that you guys couldn't take out a win but especially after the form that we left them in because I remember listening to you guys on on your cast last week uh, that we had – I don't remember what word you used for what we did to them uh, a weekend and a half ago. But, you know, for the 
for considering how the game was going, uh, being a goal and a man down, I think you guys shouldn't be disappointed with the result that you guys got. Um, let me do this because I, I want to check in with Alicia because, again, I, I know you have to head out pretty pretty early here, Alicia. Um, uh, before you even maybe even have to sneak out, I want to give you a chance to to plug your social media, your website, because that's definitely something we love to do for all of our guests that take time to join us. So go ahead and take care of that, Alicia. For sure. Uh, you can catch my coverage of uh, Orange County SC and LAFC at Angels on Parade. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at Soccer Musings. That's my own Twitter. Um, I do have to get going, but um, I think uh, the game coming up is going to be pretty cool. Um, you know, the last one was pretty exciting. I don't know. Is it, is it going to be dollar beer night? I don't believe it is. So no, no, that was, that was last week. That was yes, the uh, drubbing of Tulsa. <laughs> right. So we all know the, uh, the now famous stat that was on uh, ESPN uh, a few weeks back. So, um, you know, that's a good sign for Orange County, but um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a great game. Can we get a, a quick prediction from you before you go, Alicia? Uh, well, we know how draw heavy they've been. So I'm going to say something like two, two. All right. We've I'll had take that. four wins in a row. We haven't lost in seven, so it's that's uh, I, I think it's a good uh, you know, good matchup there. Uh, although Phoenix seems to be playing a little bit better than us. So Alicia, I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time. Um, again, you were there on the very first episode. You're the reigning uh, guest of the year. Uh, although I think you might have some competition to bring you on another uh, time or two so you can uh, try and recapture that and go for back-to-back -back wins on that. Uh, but best of luck to uh, you with your site and, you know, your season with LAFC and, of course, Orange County. And, and again, thanks for, for taking some time. Hey, if I can quick shout out, I've seen Angels on Parade. You do great stuff. I will be sure to uh, to uh, say something on uh, on Twitter for you because you do, you do a great job. Cool. Thanks, guys. I will no longer monopolize the conversation, um, but I, I'd be happy to come on again in the future. So happy birthday to the show, and uh, I'll look forward to listening later. Awesome. Thank you, Alicia. Uh, that's Alicia again, uh, Angels on Parade. She was a big part of our show at the beginning. Uh, you know, I reached out to her with this crazy idea of, hey, I want to do an Orange County podcast. The club's on board. Um, and she's like, sure, you know, let's get you on. Let You can, you can put the links to your episodes on our website. Uh, and we did that for a short while, and then we eventually sort of started getting more into the the media coverage as far as written stuff, and um, just sort of felt like, you know, don't want to sort of step on her her game and and us. So we're, we're it's a great partnership, a great team. You know, we follow her, we we read her stuff, and vice versa. So that's awesome to hear and awesome to see, and and best of luck to her and her site and all that great stuff. Um, let's get back into this Las Vegas match, and then we'll talk about Phoenix a little bit. Um, Vegas. Uh, let's let's just let's just talk about it. The refs, um, Alan. I, I'll go to you first because I know you were very frustrated with some of the stuff going on with the refs. And I even it was funny because uh, for those that don't know, we we contribute to the the team's website with their pre and post game uh, write ups. And Alan was covering this match for the website, and I was texting him like, regardless of how much you want to say about these refs, remember we're writing for the website. He's like, yeah. If I was writing just for our site, there would be a different story there. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, this is our podcast. Be honest about what we think with these refs. What did you think of the refs in this match, Alan? So, again, I want to preface this by I have several family members who have done professional umpiring and refing in hockey and baseball. 
So I'm pretty careful about how mad I get at referees because I know it is a tough job. Uh, but the offside call was just baffling to me. You talk about on the Chris's Chris Tomo? Yeah, his, he doesn't even break until after the ball is kicked, and he's lined up at least a step and a half behind the wall. There is absolutely no way he can physically be offside in that instance. And it's deflected off the wall. And maybe the uh, assistant referee is like, well, that counts as being hit. But that's not the case. You know it's bad when the ESPN Plus folks (laughs) who are kind of hit and miss and sometimes are great and sometimes are not. But I think they mentioned that call like three or four times on the broadcast. And every time I wanted to like just scream in anger, uh, but then I realized like my dogs would run away and my wife would be like, what's going on? Uh, but so I'd like controlled myself, but there's just no way that you can call that, especially like, uh, it was such a beautiful goal too to get it pulled back, which is so angry. Like, and it was going to be his first goal, right? I think so. And I think he's like on my fantasy team. He is. Like, he would have had three points. I was like doubly mad for myself and for Orange County to get that pulled back in such a way that was just, I, there's just no way he's offside in that situation. Like Isaac Pruder filmed that one again um, and, and tweeted it out. There's just, there's just zero way. Like, I just can't, it's just bad. I don't have words. I mean, like, it I happens every week. So we should expect at least to call like this every week at this point. Right. Well, I understand like in the open cup, maybe you're dealing with some younger refs who are, you know, greener and are still trying to like figure their lives out. Cause it's like, let's be real. We're dealing you know, we're not dealing with the best referees because the best referees aren't refing USL. So I'm mean, usually kind of give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes, but like they were calling them out. Like they're just, they can't keep up with the back line. They can't keep up the pace of the game. Like they were just calling them out how bad they were. And when it's, when that's happening, you know, it's pretty bad because usually the people who are talking about it aren't uh, pointing that out. And I do love Kevin's uh, Ikea thing in the back. It's great. What does he have back there? It's like a little bookshelf, bookshelf uh, thing with a oh, little Oh, come on. Basket. That's Good Bath and Beyond, man. Come on. Really? Man. That, no, that uh, totally that's looks like Ikea because I have totally one. Like, yeah. the, no, the I other stuff is Ikea. Four. I have one that's just four of them, and we have wicker baskets to put our shoes right? on. Right? Right? I got that I got that too in the bedroom, so don't worry. I'm not calling it out because I don't like it. Ikea's on no, no, no. I, I don't know why you're hating on Ikea there, Kevin. Me? Oh, no, Kevin? I'm not hating on it at all. I'm just saying it is it is Bed Bath & Beyond. It just... My know, fault. I thought I knew some some furniture, apparently. But no, yeah, I mean, the PRS the rap- show brought to you by Bed Bath & Beyond, right? Yeah, right. pretty much. <laughs> uh, it was just bad. It was just bad. You and, know, uh, can I... Can yeah. I throw something in there for you in defense of Orange County, which I'm going to get railed on for doing it. But we're hey, tweeting we're this out. Um, <laughs> get, your, yeah. get, your, get your keyboard ready, Alan. So, you know, I had to laugh because I did see that highlight. And that was a I think it was a Forrester through ball or something where where uh, the offsides was called. I was just trying to look up the play by play, but I, I don't know why my computer's not bringing it up. But what was funny to me is that the referee was Dejan Susak. Um, he's ref for us a couple of times. The last time was at RGV and I've always found him to be a fairly even keeled, decent, um, referee. And then this is the problem that I see with, um, pro ref in general, the inconsistency, all of a sudden he comes in and really doesn't call a game well at all. And it's like this weird roller coaster. It's like, even when you have good experiences with a, a certain ref like Dejan, 
uh, all of a sudden they come in and, and they dish the bed and it's like, you know, you, we just want consistency. Can we get consistency? We're not, we're not getting it at all. The only consistency we're getting with refs is the fact that I lose my freaking mind every week. I usually <laughs> lose my voice yelling at the refs. There's plenty of ref abuse in this game from yours truly. But I think... And you were there, so I mean, you were... I think I heard you on the stream too, Dylan. Because your voice is very recognizable. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but uh, let's just say there's pretty good <laughs> odds that that was the case. It was one of those... It's just the worst. I was so fed up with it. Especially like the last month that when they were walking off the field, I told them to enjoy their vacation next week because there's no way in hell that they're going to get to ref anything after a performance like that. And one of the ARs just nodded at me. I was like, you are included in that. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty horrible. Um, I think and I guess you could say it was horrible sort of in both directions because there were some weird things that happened on the Phoenix side, but I think there was a lot more that went towards Orange County. I mean, that uh, Joe Amico uh, straight red card sort of was very painful there, the way it happened. Again, another one of Allen's fantasy uh, uh, that hurt him this week, or he might have actually been able to dethrone me, the king of Orange County Soccer Club fantasy soccer for playing for Pride Week. we got to shorten that name somehow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, I, I want to know, I, I wish uh, the league would – give us a transcript of what the conversation was between the, the side judge and, and the ref on that and how they decided to go to a red card. I know if you look at the replay, Amico did do a little shove before the whole it uh, acting incident there, but does a shove go to a straight red card? I don't think so. So ultimately it has to be the, the headbutt is why the red card, uh, an instant red card was given. Uh, I, I want to go to Brett. I haven't heard him for a while and he's just sitting there just, uh, uh, probably playing some FIFA on his computer on his second screen, apparently that he has there. <laughs> um, Brad, uh, did you, did you, uh, I don't know if on the highlights, if they showed, Oh, by the highlights that we did show on our YouTube stream, those were courtesy of USL championship productions. I have to get that out there. So I don't get uh, in trouble for using their highlights. Um, Brad, did you get to see the highlights and did they show that incident in the highlights? Or if not, did you hear about it, see anything on it? And uh, do you have any thoughts on, on how that all went down? Uh, I didn't really get to see too much, uh, or maybe it's just they showed it and I don't remember it. This was okay. like a couple of days ago. Okay. Um, so I can't really make a comment on that. Okay, no problem. Uh, Kevin, I'm what about looking you? at the highlights right now, and what's funny is they don't show the the foul, the violent conduct. Because if they you, I, I finally card. got the page up for the for the match, and the red card is noted as violent conduct, and they don't show it. All they show is the ref pulling uh, the assistant talking to the ref, and then the ref pulling out the red card. So let's just let's. I'll, I'll do my best. And and by the way, Al, Dylan Allen, if I get something wrong on here, uh, let me know. But here's basically what happened: is something happened basically, basically at the midfield. Uh, Amico and uh, is it Irvin Para? Is the, is the name I believe? Um, get into some sort of altercation. I do see uh, I, from what I saw, Joe Amico like did a little shove to him, like in the chest. Uh, they get face to face and then they get head to head and they're like that basically like this for like a second. Then all of a sudden Parra just like falls back. Like he just got like hit by like, I think I, on Twitter, I was managing the uh, podcast Twitter account that evening of the match. And I said, basically Parra act like he just got knocked out by Mike Tyson uh, when it was basically just, they, they basically did like what fake tough guys do is get head to head and just start jabbering at each other. But for whatever reason, I don't know if, if, if Amico just is, is 
like the big bad wolf in those old fairy tales and he just blew on par and par just got knocked out or whatever. Um, and then I don't think the head ref saw it. So he went over and spoke to the side judge. They talked for like what, 30 seconds or whatever. Uh, and then all of a sudden he comes out and gives Joe Amico the red card. Um, I guess you could say para, you know, played the ref there and he did what he could to, to take advantage of the situation. But I'm not a fan of that type of stuff. I, I, well, yeah, but you can't be a fan of people going head-to-head either. I mean, come on. You're playing you're playing footy. You know what the rules are. Don't get in an argument where you get forehead to forehead. Somebody's going to flop. Somebody's going to get thrown out and it's a it's a it's a tactical movement by a player. I mean, you it's just so dumb for players to get that much physical contact. They're going to be shoves, they're going to be, you know, elbows, there's going to be all that kind of stuff. But everybody knows if you start making head con uh uh, contact, you're going to get a red card if somebody plays it. It's going to happen. I guess the youth of Joe Amico in that situation didn't play to his uh, his advantage there. Uh, Alan, did you have something yeah. to throw into that? Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think uh, it's like that KG veteran who slows down when he gets in the box and he knows the defender's behind him, so he slows down just a touch to get that contact to get a penalty. I just think like it's... What, like what Harry Forster tries to do. Uh, right? And he got one. And it, it's... <laughs> When it happens, wait, 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 wait. Is Orange County admitting that they flop sometimes? That they no, dive don't, sometimes? don't go it's there, Kevin. Do not go there, Kevin. It's not a dive. <laughs> you know, you oh know, my, Kevin. you know, it's Kevin. Not a dive if there's contact. You're just oh, creating that yeah. contact. It's like the um, mm. what's that basketball player? James Harden. It's the James Harden approach to basketball. It's like if five you, steps that are not a travel. True. You know <laughs> the rules of the game, so you manipulate the rules of the game for your favorites. The dark arts. Um, it's what the KG veterans do. We don't see it too often in the USL because they're the young guys it's a chess most match. of the time who, who don't, who don't play that way. Cause they don't know, or they are just not as versed as, you know, someone like maybe Harry Forrester who knows that that contact's going to come. So he stops running or it's like the, the hockey player who pretends like he's skating really fast for the icing just to get the icing call. There's just things that players know how to kind of manipulate the rules to stay within the rules of the game. And you know, if you're going to get a young guy to go head to head with you, all you have to do is get him to go head to head and then you drop and you can like worst case scenario is, you know, you get a yellow card in this case, you get a red card. I I don't disagree with Kevin has to say, I think it's a, I mean, slightly dark arts thing, but if you avoid those situations and you don't let the other team goad you into being in a position where you're going to get a red card, you can avoid those red cards pretty easily. Uh, I do think it was definitely not deserving, but I, I do, I don't disagree with Kevin. Like you just don't put yourself into that situation to get in, in, to get into that kind of trouble. It's what I talk to my middle school kids about. Like just don't put yourself <laughs> in a position to get in trouble and you won't get in trouble. Let me, let me ask you, Brad, I'm just going to ask for an outsider opinion. Uh, I, I have seen the uh, contact in okay. debate now. Okay, so what are your thoughts on it? I mean, it kind of reminds me of an in- incident last season where in the corner flag, it, I remember it made the number one spot of the week for the ESPN's Not Top 10. Uh, Antoine Hopeno and a Tulsa player are like talking, jabbing back and forth. They go head to head and both of them flop down. Except <laughs> yep. this time it's just a Vegas player, Para, that goes down. And yeah, it's... It's going to be, I think... You could say it sucks. Orange, yeah, <laughs> it, it's theatrics, and I think Orange County, if they are going to 
go back and say, you know, go back to the league and say, hey, uh, appeal. That's the word I'm looking for. Hey, we're going to appeal it. If they appeal it, I think they're going to get it reversed if they haven't already done so. I don't know if they have, and I haven't heard anything. And I don't know, maybe it's just my... I've been now following the scene for a couple of years now here or, you know, whatever. And I don't know if that'll even happen. Dylan, I'll go to you. You've been following Orange County longer than me. Do you see Orange County possibly appealing that call? Well, I mean, I'm a couple steps ahead of you. I talked to both our GM and our, our coach um, immediately after the game. And I asked, are you going to appeal? And they basically said, if we get to see it, um, they, they echoed what you guys have said. But basically, you don't put yourself in that situation. You don't let Parr get in your head. Um, cause he's, he's not a good player. So he just like tries to deceive officials to get ahead. Um, and he, I mean, Joe played right into it and it was stupid. Um, they said if it looks like they could get it, um, reversed, then they were going to go after it, but, but I haven't heard anything. And we probably won't that. hear anything. The club doesn't really usually announce much of that stuff. No, I would imagine, it, though, it should be reversed. Friday on, in the disciplinary report, which means, I, and if that gets reversed, Parra should absolutely get probably a two-match ban, because that's usually it's the going right for deceiving <laughs> of officials. And he's already serving a match ban for his antics on Instagram, where he's complaining that he's yeah, not Yeah, I was about paid, to bring which, that up. I mean, he's a real stand-up guy, falling over and complaining <laughs> that he's not getting paid. Calling out his team. Uh uh, that's a whole a different topic, and I'm sure we could way. probably discuss that for an hour, the whole antics <laughs> of the financial stuff going on with USL and some of these clubs. Uh, I, I know in the past this has happened with some clubs where pay, players complain about not getting paid. Uh, Parra went, you know, retracted or at least issued a, an apology for what he said. But usually that what's that saying where there's smoke, there's fire? So if you have a player sort of saying <clears throat> something like this, it may be happening. He just probably shouldn't have said it because – you're under contract, and but I guess if you're not getting paid, that's breach of contract. I, that's a whole crazy different well, thing. Said that <laughs> there have been no complaints from players, and you should probably go to the compliance um, office. They should stop paying the lawyers. Not getting paid. I, I mean, other yeah, teams really other should. than Vegas, I might put some you know credence to it, but Vegas, they're dripping in money. That's that's <laughs> not. Yeah, they drop it from the sky. They have yeah, money they, they do. They just to give do. it out to their fans. Wait, I gotta uh, ask this. And, and Brad, have you been to a Vegas match in Vegas? I have not been okay. to any sporting event down in Vegas other than uh, UNLV uh, Nevada games. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, oh yeah, I've been a okay. couple matches in Vegas. So you and Dylan have been to Vegas to watch a match there. What's up with this like annoyingly loud PA dude that is like so loud you hear him like over the announcers on the ESPN Plus stream? It's um, a Vegas thing. Uh, it, it's it, no, I'm it's sorry. annoying, and it, it's it and annoying. It, it's a what it is is it's degrading the sport. You got to watch our USL yeah USL no takes uh, with PRC Fan Show because. I do a whole rant about farm animals and hype men and bubble baths and all that kind of stuff. It's all bullish. Sorry, but that's what it is, man. This is a sport. It's not a carnival. Treat it like a sport. Go out, take care of your business, end the game, move on. And isn't it um, – yeah, they had like like 10 pools along the sidelines. I have no idea what those pools were for. Were for well, they're adding kitty pools to the sidelines. That's their summary improvement, and okay, that's actually awesome because once 100 degrees, you're not allowed to unless you want to be some weird creeper who's going to get arrested. It's all for kids. 
Uh, Dylan, you try and get down there, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I just want to make sure I can. I've got my camera, okay? <laughs> um, I don't want to dwell too much because we're already like technically like what 75% through what we'd like to do for an episode, but we still got Phoenix to talk about. Uh, so let's wrap up this, this Phoenix stuff. One that, or sorry, this Vegas stuff. Uh, one last thing I want to complain about, and then we can let you guys get one last uh, thought here too, is what, is, what happened or what was going on with the camera work for that match? Uh, I, I feel like the cameraman had gone out and partied in Vegas the night before, because there was, I, I could probably say there was at least like five, six, seven, eight times where, uh, the ball was like off screen and the camera's just sort of pointing at some random player uh, and either the camera guy or whoever's running the production for ESPN plus was just asleep at the wheel. Uh, you know, Dylan, you were at the match, so you didn't really notice or see any of that, but I'm sure Alan, you know, watching on the ESPN plus stream, trying to cover the match. Uh, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about there. And it got frustrating after, you know, the second or third time, but when you get to like five, six, seven, eight times where that's happening, that's just, that's unacceptable. It's something I noticed too about the open cup and to be excusable, the open cup, you have stadiums that aren't used to being televised. So there's some terrible angles uh, like the St. Louis, um, when they play Chicago game, there was some frustration with that, with trying to get the right angles. Um, talking to the guys at orange County, I know the people who control a lot of that stuff are like offsite. A lot of the producers are like in Tampa. Um, so there's always a few issues with the right camera angles. Uh, but you figure if that's your home stadium, you got to figure out the best place to put a camera to get the best <laughs> angles. So you don't have the and sun in, in the fans eyes for the first like five minutes of the match. Uh, there's a couple, <laughs> there was a couple games like that. It was just like, I think Ugh. the New Mexico United game was like half of the Sacramento field was unwatchable. Was it was yeah, ridiculous. Like I get that. I mean, with Orange County going to some like five o'clock games, Put your camera on the side that isn't facing the sun. They do that. That's Orange County has their camera on the right side of the field. You know what I mean? Like even if you even if you have to flip the main camera, like you you're not controlling that from the site. So put the camera the place where it's not staring right at the sun. Maybe just a thought. <laughs> um, I I mean I get that there's going to be some terrible camera angles and such when you're dealing with like a baseball stadium uh, versus an actual soccer stadium. Uh, but you think this is the second year in a league. Uh, you think that this isn't this is like a brand new facility. You think they would have some of these camera angles and things figured out. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating when you're trying to watch a game and you're just staring at some dude standing around a field instead of watching the ball. Yeah, I had to put the highlights back on there. I had to put the highlights back on there really quick just to show what we're talking about. Go for it, Brad. I mean, speak for yourself, Reno. We we have it on the right side of our diamond for our stadium, you know. I don't think it's that hard or even better invest in multiple cameras. Yeah. Well, it's, the, the teams don't have much control over that. Um, True. And that's where the problem is. It's, it goes from stadium to stadium. Actually, the Reno games look really good. I totally agree. But if you go to a, if you watch a Sacramento game, um, there was one other game and I can't remember what it was for the life of me, but man, the sunlight for like the first eight or nine minutes of the game it was just glaring into the lens. They didn't have any kind of lens shade on the on the camera at all. And the game was unwatchable. It's just, it's like, and they pull in uh, way too often and for too long. And it's like, well, you give me the wide view. I don't want to see this guy dribbling because we don't know what's going on in context <laughs> around him. 
Yeah, you're like me. I like to see what the other players are doing and where their positioning is. And and that that actually is one of my favorite parts of watching soccer. And that's why I love when you watch something maybe in a, a better setup stadium where you can actually see the whole field and you can see where players are moving and lining up and not just focusing on the guy with the ball. Uh, and, and again, in this instance with this match, I mean, there was so many opportunities. There was There were shots where you didn't get to see the shot because the camera was not pointed at the player taking the shot the camera was pointed at some other random dude and so you're missing you're missing something that's important in the match you're missing a shot so of course dylan at the stadium got to see those shots but someone like alan and myself and and probably kevin and brad you know if you guys are watching the match on espn you're missing out on quality action uh and and it's hard you know alan's sitting here trying to cover the match uh from his couch and not at the stadium and ESPN is not providing the view that you need to see to see what exactly happened on that. So now it's like, okay, I have to make things up or I have to guess what happened or, or something like that, which is just ridiculous. Um, let's, let, let's get past this. It's Vegas. Does anyone have any last thoughts on the OC Vegas match or just Vegas in general? And I'm just yeah. hoping that because Kevin and Brad, I know you guys hate Vegas. Yeah. I was going to say, I I'm feeling like I'm on my own little podcast right now. The 1868 weekly. Cause we spend days talking about them. <laughs> Uh, I love sarcasm. (laughs) They were great. They gave us jello shots before the game. Who gave you jello shots? To the light company. There's one of their sports groups. Okay. Pretty cool. That's cool. I mean, I'll. I thought that just came standard with every ticket. (laughs) At Vegas, yeah. All right. In that place, you need it. I mean, they should they should be given out, but no. Let me ask you, Dylan, because I, I don't think it was – oh, I don't know if – I can't remember on the screen, or maybe it was on, on the stream. Uh, when they scored that second goal that got called offside, did they do all the antics with the confetti and all that fun stuff and realize they just wasted a, a, a bucket load of, of confetti um, and smoke and whatever? Or were you too no. upset with the whole scenario to even – No, know, I was like – I wasn't looking towards their group. We're sitting in the opposite corner. Um, but just by the goal of – that Orange County was defending in the second half. So I was busy like yelling at the ref because it was so obviously offside um, to notice if they had set anything off. Judging by the lack of anything in the air afterwards, they probably didn't set off any smoke bombs. Can I say one last thing about the match? Uh, you know, props to the members of Counterline Coalition that made the trip out to Vegas. You were definitely heard on the stream. Um, numerous people were on social media saying we can hear Counterline Coalition chanting out there. Uh, I know from time to time the Vegas uh groups were drowning you guys out because they had their drums and all that stuff but for what you guys had and, and the the small amount of people that you guys had that made the trip out there you guys were definitely loud enough where we could hear you uh so props to you and everyone else that made the trip out there uh it, it's yeah, amazing to be able to hear the visiting fans at, at, at the way stadium like that uh so awesome job you guys you know what? I'm gonna, for the record, I'm gonna say that uh, that drummer couldn't keep a beat if he had to with Vegas, and that trumpet player sounds like a cow dying. It's horrible, man. It's just bad. They need better music education out there in Vegas. Yeah. So, without any audio, Brad's reaction to that comment was just the best reaction. If you're not watching, if you are not watching the YouTube stream, you are missing out because Brad just like if he would have. If he would have been drinking a beer or a glass of milk, that would have been coming straight out of his nose in that moment because he totally loved what Kevin had to say. The, the trumpet sounds like a cow. I, I, I can't. I can't. It just brings me to your Austin Bold comments. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with farm animals at a soccer stadium? 
Everything. Uh, how long is your podcast? <laughs> well, let's get it. Well, hey, this is our extra special one year anniversary. Forever. So it's probably, it seems like it's going longer than normal. So uh, let's, let's move on. We got to talk about Phoenix. Uh, that's the whole reason Kevin's on here. Uh, Brad can just jump on as an outsider and he could just enjoy this, this banter back and forth. Uh, Orange County will be traveling out to Phoenix. Uh, Alan and Dylan will be making their way out there to watch the match, support the team, cover the game. Uh, and, and I'm sure the Phoenix fans are going to be uh, getting excited for this match throughout the week. I don't know if the hatch, hashtag, hashtag Orange County Hate Week is trending yet or not, but usually at this point, at some point, it, it's like, you know, at least in the top 50 in the trending for Twitter. Um, what is, uh, well, let me go to Kevin. What's going on with Phoenix? I know you guys have been on fire lately you guys are now uh, at the top of the power rankings for the usl championship by the way alan will be releasing his thoughts on the power rankings uh tomorrow morning so check that out on our website but kevin what's going on with phoenix and how uh, how are you feeling heading into this match you know we've uh we've taken some time to get warmed up just like we did uh last season but what is starting to develop with the team is even better than what we had with last season and I'm really trying to keep this at a you know fairly stable level. I don't want to sound like a, a fanboy of the of the team. I mean, I'm a fan, but I don't want to sound unreasonable. But you're not a but boy. The bottom line: if you look at the quality of the game that we played against Tulsa the other day, um, and you look at it, the quality of the 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 two games before uh, Tulsa, um, bottom line is uh, we've got a very very potent team. I, I would say you know a lot of people are going to push against this, but I'd say. Um, that our, our front three are the most potent front three in the USL right now. East Coast, West Conference, doesn't matter. Um, they are potent. Um, our defensive backs have come together. We've got hookups with the midfielders. Uh, we are very hot right now. You know, every season you have a roller coaster ride, but right now we are very hot. If I were OC, I would not want to be going into, uh, into the desert this weekend to play against them. All right, cool. Um, I mean, it's like three billion degrees in Phoenix. Why would anyone? <laughs> ever uh, just 104. And we thought it was hot out here, like 90 something yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm done. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan uh, can you remind Kevin of what happened the last time Orange County traveled out to Phoenix? Is this my job? You're the one that's always getting involved with the trash talking. Hey, I got to get you into this, man. Okay, Alan, can you remind Kevin so what County happened the last time Orange County went out to Phoenix? Because Dylan's scared. I'm guessing they won. They won 4-3, but if you're talking about it, and if you're going to ask Braden Cloutier about this, we handily controlled that match, and then in the last 20 minutes, we're like, you know what? Let's make this interesting. And then (laughs) Solomon Antonche had a shot in the 94th minute that was maybe 12 inches from going in, and... Yeah, it was a heart attack up there for the last 20 minutes. Was it was heartbreaking. That's what it was. Yes, Phoenix has won four games in a row. Their last loss was in Orange County without, obviously without Flemings and Asante. Uh, they're going to be missing Flemings. But they've They'll be scored. missing uh, Flemings and Lambert. They're both playing for the Jamaican uh, international team. Yeah, they, they've scored an average of... They've right and Seton. Um, they've averaged four goals a game the last four goals. Um, I believe I tweeted out uh, my wife wanted to watch Chernobyl uh, after the game was over, <laughs> and I said, No, I have already seen one disaster uh, TV show today, 
and that was Phoenix destroying Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa's not doing too hot right now. Um, but you were scared. You were scared when you were. I saw you on social media. Was, you were scared with what Phoenix was doing to Tulsa. Now we're heading into Phoenix. That uh, that that puts some uh, some fear into you, right, Alan? It like if I was like a neutral, Phoenix is playing some beautiful soccer right now. Like that Adam John goal. Like I went and voted for goal of the week like forty times for him because that was amazing. Just the the past like halfway across the field just to take it off of his shin over the goalie. Like I just, I, I was blown away. Like that's just an amazing goal and I got to give respect and hopefully he wins. So he doesn't have to win this week. Uh, so it's a little bit selfish. Um, they're just playing so good right now. Um, I do think not having Flemings on the field makes him a little bit less potent. Um, I think that uh, not having him does take away that best three that you're talking about. Um, it does. Yeah. And so there's, it gives me a little bit of hope that orange County can hopefully play the defense. Oh, Jesus. Oh, sorry. Sacramento score. Um, where's the moo moo. It's four, three San Jose. Um, <laughs> it, it does give me a little bit of pause because Phoenix is playing so well and orange County has struggled on the road. Um, but the way they played Phoenix last time was was really defense oriented. It was uh, stop the break, uh, stop the counterattack, and there's almost always somebody back. And without Seton in the game, I think that's going to be even more of a, a focus of fight for a draw, play defense like crazy, which we know they can. I mean, they were down two men and didn't let a goal in. So I think there's a chance. Uh, just the way that Phoenix is playing right now, they just look like one of the best teams in the USL easily. You know, Kevin said it, West or East. Um, they have two games in hand on New, uh, New Mexico United, so they can very easily uh, jump and be in first place in a blink of an eye. It's been like night and day uh, from the team we saw in Orange County. So I'm a little bit nervous, a little bit worried. I am excited to go out to Phoenix and watch them play at home. Uh, it seems like they have a really good uh, supporter uh, group. It's going to be way too hot for me from coming from San Diego. It'll be like at least 30 degrees warmer than I'm used to. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty excited. I think it'll be a really, really good game. Orange <clears throat> County, I think, will be up for it. Phoenix has been playing really, really well. Um, so it should be a good one. Um, but like I said, Phoenix is looking really, really, really good right now. Uh, Kevin, I got to ask you, who's the the goalie that basically got gypped because they're not one of the nominees for save of the week uh, in the USL? So that's uh, Zach Lubin. What? What? I mean, I guess I mean you don't have any control of it, but uh, in your mind or in your thoughts, why is his save not up for save of the week? Or can you even come <laughs> up with a thought on that? Somebody screwed up at the USL. I mean, really, that's all <laughs> I can think of. Honestly, these um, of the week awards annoy me to no end i mean i've i've been as alan knows i've been ballyhooing getting uh getting uh the player or the goal of the month or the goal of the week for adam john because i just think we deserve it and anybody else getting that award this week when we when that play clearly was i mean by far the best play of the week and that's i mean that's taking all my phoenix bias out of it just as a footy fan watching that play i mean we're talking about what a 40 meter uh, pass 
from our side of the field all the way down to him and then him just looping that thing over the keeper uh first you know first touch and into the into the net it's ridiculous it's it's <laughs> insane um so you know lubin had a an outstanding save um against uh, tulsa to be fair the tulsa keeper had a similar save um against us also they were both outstretched hands uh it was a finger save uh both did a really good job but uh the problem is is that you get you know these new mexico guys if they're on the list the hordes of new mexico they're the new fcc right they're just <laughs> so annoying and they just bulldoze over everything because they're an avalanche it's like all they do is have kids so that they can vote you know it's crazy um, there's nothing else to do in albuquerque yeah pretty much so um you know i Hey, you can eat some green chili and some red chili at McDonald's if you want, Alan. I could do that in Denver. It's way cooler. <laughs> and some quality queso. <laughs> well, let me, let me just say this, though, Kevin, right? Um, Phoenix fans don't quite like me. Let's just be honest with it, right? I, I, I've I've riled them out a few times. I, I know uh, I've I, – I, you know, Dylan even said it a little bit earlier. Why are you letting me do it? You're the one that likes to get on the Phoenix fans' nerves. I'm the one that was on Twitter for the Orange and Black Soccer Guys Twitter account saying we think that should have been a nominee for the save of the week. Uh, that says something when it's me saying that because I'm probably one of the biggest Phoenix haters when it comes to just banter back and forth. I I love, you know, I really truly love the Phoenix fans and the, the, the commitment and the faith that they have in the team and, and the love they have for their team. But I'm also a, a, a sports fan. I love this whole banter back and forth. I love to be the the villain for you Phoenix fans when it comes to all this stuff. And the fact that I'm sitting here saying that should have been one of the nominees over one of the other five uh, goals, that should say something. Uh, Brad, I don't know. Have you looked at what the nominees are for Save of the Week? I I'm, I, I want to make sure yeah. you pay attention, Brad. Yeah, um, I know I am. I have them up right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, one mean, of them is the Matt Cardoni save that he kept Danny Muzovsky out of the net, which was – I don't. I, I I see it's right now leading. I don't quite understand because he kind of just like put his face on on our player's foot and kept the ball out of the goal accordingly. Yeah, it's unremarkable. Yeah, well, no. Well, I, the thing about the Lubin goal is is it like snuck through two Phoenix defenders. So that right there makes that save so difficult because as a goalie, you're waiting to see if it's going to bounce off someone before you commit to something and. So you're having to make a last-minute reaction to dive because it doesn't bounce off one of the, your teammates. Uh, sorry uh, to cut you off there, Brad. Yeah, no, you're fine. Yeah, the the goal, what the save you're talking about, isn't even isn't even nominated there, right? No, it's not, and that's what nope. that's what is frustrating on this. And I think Kevin sort of said like it's a joke when you look at some of these of the week things that the USL does. And, and I think us as a podcast, we've, we've sort of gotten on the, the league for their power rankings and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it just seems like it's a, like you don't really watch everything. You just sort of, okay, once you find five saves that look great, you're going to stop looking at everything else. Where in the fact, whereas this one, I think there's like a penalty kick save that yes, it's, it's amazing that you stop a penalty kick, but it wasn't the greatest shot in the world. Uh, I, I think um, the save by by Lubin is is ten times better than what that one is. So uh, go for it, Brad. Yeah, no, I I got nothing else to say. You know, <laughs> I, I I said it in our little 
chat that we have going on beside the actual thing. I call it the poor rankings. Uh, you know, we belovingly call it the poor rankings because we don't quite understand or agree. Like at the beginning of the season when Phoenix was still ranked top 10 after four straight draws, you know, against some questionable teams. <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I, I, no, I, I, I was defending more man. than anybody. Yeah, I was defending from us more than anybody, but I don't understand kind of where the league is when it comes to how they rank things. I mean, sometimes I guess they just, you know, take a little Kino machine, the Renoite and me, and they just kind of draw, but it's kind of like the lottery for those of you guys who don't know, kind of just chooses a ball and then they're like, okay. And then they choose 19 more of those balls. And if you, I don't know, that's how they, that's how they rank. They, I think that's why logo. That's why Dylan doesn't participate in the, um, uh, our website. We do a sort of review or our thoughts on what the power rankings are. Uh, Alan has sort of taken that over. I, I sort of just threw that said, Hey, Alan, that's your thing. Now Dylan stopped responding to when I would ask him for it, or, or he just he stopped sending them. Week, and then <laughs> well, I had a paper and didn't get around to it until after he published it. And I was just like, you know, I'll do it next week. And then, and then no you email did. came. Well, because Alan just started sending them, so I'm like, okay, this is Alan's thing now. He he gets credit for this. He's he's going to be the the one that that rolls with this. Uh, but I, I remember you, Dylan. You started talking about it on our podcast that it was frustrating, uh, just what the results were of those power rankings. You're like, I I don't get it. It's it's stupid. It's it's frustrating. Uh, makes no sense. I mean, yeah. So. I, I think yeah, I even yeah. got you there. I, I think I just sort of made Alan, hey, Alan, you're doing the power rankings thing now. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he does a pretty good job of it. And again, look for it tomorrow. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, we got so off topic from a Phoenix match talking about uh, what we, we, we were just talking about a goal, a, a, a goal or a save of the week that uh, should have been there that isn't there. And we started talking about power rankings. Um, I'm just hoping to give all of their systems, save of the week, goal of the week. Let's just get out of the system so we can not worry about that next week. Well, it sort of scares me because, (laughs) yeah, I'm glad it's not dollar beer night, dollar beer night at uh, the stadium there, Kevin, your, your club messed up the scheduling there. They should have put, they should have done it for orange County. Cause yeah, we, uh, we just didn't think we needed it for you guys. So we just said, yeah, I (laughs) recognize Reno's the better opponent. I think uh, (laughs) later in the season we play, Dollar beer night. Oh, so you, you already chalked it up for a loss then, right? Um, uh, no. <laughs> let me Not say yet. this. Uh, I, and I know, Kevin, this doesn't impact you one bit, but uh, for anyone that's listening that maybe is a Phoenix fan and that follows the Rising is One podcast, we do have a bet with those guys. Uh, the bet was whichever team wins the season series gets to take over the other club's podcast. And I, I think Orange County won the last match. So... Uh, Kevin, your team needs to win for the Rising as One pod to be saved from a takeover by me, Dylan, and Alan, and we'll bring in all the Orange County fans we can think of. Anyone that's willing to join us, I'm, I'm, I'm so hoping at least a draw on the road, uh, if not a win. And I know Michael Seaton's not going to be there because of yellow card accumulation, but I think that actually is a, a silver lining because Vinicius will probably get the start over that, and that mm-hmm. dude is is. Freaking, they know they, he's the Tasmanian devil out there on the, on the on pitch. when he appeared against them in May. I mean, that guy's awesome. Uh, I, I, I like him more as a, a energy off the bench, but hey, a spot start, not bad. Uh, if you're gonna lose Michael Seaton, bringing him in is not a big loss. You're gonna get Aiden Quinn back, who is probably upset that he sat out the last match. You're gonna get Darwin Jones back, who's who's upset that he had to sit out the last match. Yeah, you lose Joe Miko, but you still have uh. 
Owasa Ansa Contour and Kevin Alston. So you're you're pretty solid there in your defensive backs. Um, yep. And, and you got my you got my sixth round draft pick for my fantasy team, Harry Forrester, back here, uh, who's been actually pretty good uh, over the last. Hopefully, he can continue that. You get a fat head of him, but he make he's your sixth round pick, and then you're like, hey, uh, we got a fat head of him behind me. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's just I printed it out and put it up there. But I, I eventually want to get a bunch of players back here. But, you know, it actually took me like 20 minutes to put that together to put it up there. So just print out my face. That's all I need. It'll be like yeah, I'm on the. You don't even want to put your face on the camera for our podcast. You want me to put your face up here on our on our orange backdrop here. Um, by the way, decorations woohoo, for the celebration. Uh, let's get into it. Um, Kevin, do you have any questions for us about Orange County? Um, no, no, I think, I, I think the best news for you guys, well, let me ask you, I'll put it in form of a question. Do you think the best news for you all right now is that you get Aiden Quinn back? Um, in my mind, I think the bigger benefit is Darwin Jones back. Cause he's been, he's been more dangerous this season than Aiden Quinn's been. I, I love Aiden Quinn as a player. He's awesome. He did great for us last season. He's a solid midfielder. But I think there's just been something missing there with him this season where Darwin Jones has just been pretty good. I know maybe as of late, he hasn't been as strong as he was earlier on in the season, but I feel like he's more of a threat out there. And he's, he's something that was missing in the Vegas match where if we would have had him out there, uh, there would have been an opportunity for maybe another goal. Um, uh, let's just say this. Both of them coming back is going to be awesome for Orange County. Uh, I will any day I will trade Joe Amico for Aiden Quinn and Darwin Jones. And um, hmm. and even throwing there like the Michael Seaton Vinicius thing, I think it's not a very big drop off when you're bringing in a young, uh, wild, crazy, energetic Brazilian out there to try and score some goals. Uh, Dylan Allen, what are your thoughts or what is your response to the question? I think Aiden's the bigger loss, or I mean, he'll be the bigger game to get back. I'll just leave it at that. I mean, <laughs> the dude runs the midfield; he controls the games. I've compared him to, or I've compared him to. Um, Andrea Pirlo like five times on the show and I still stand by that because when he's on the pitch and he's playing in his natural spot the entirety of the game gets dictated around what he's doing yeah just you imagine that, you only that because he's on your fantasy team Dylan but why just Im- first he's the just best ima- player in the league <laughs> just imagine him and steadily and Trotter there at the end of the game against Vegas I think that's yeah, putting on his left foot. I do think that um, I do think Aiden Quinn allows Trotter to um, be a little bit better in what his role is. I think Trotter had to step into a more of an Aiden Quinny role. Um, I think that it's one it's one more person to put some passes in uh, that allows Forrester to be a little more successful as well. Uh, he's kind of pulled back a little bit into the midfield as opposed to a winger. Um, so I think having Aiden Quinn back and Darwin, I mean, Darwin Jones opens up the front end. I think Aiden Quinn opens up the midfield, uh, in a way that I think we could have benefited from against Vegas. Um, but yeah, I think we're gonna have to score some goals. So I do think I, I don't disagree with Ray's shout about, uh, about DJ coming back. We're gonna have to score some goals, uh, against Phoenix. Phoenix is going to put in a couple. Um, so I think we need to be able to answer. Um, yeah, I think stopping Phoenix. Yeah, I know Ray. Uh, I think stopping Phoenix at home. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get a clean sheet. 
Yes, yes. Patrick McLean is going to get a clean sheet and thus <laughs> cement my victory in the fantasy soccer. If there's one thing I've known about Orange County is uh, clean sheets on the road are few and far between. Oh, I was so clean mad. against Phoenix don't happen. I was right. so mad in the Vegas match that Patrick McLean basically gave up two shots, uh, you know, the, the near post. I mean, oh, my gosh. That's like goalkeeper 101 is do not give up the, the, the inside of the near post. And, and luckily, one of those was an offside call. Uh, Maybe you should start Cervantes. Nope, nope, don't start him. Uh, I'm surprised you guys don't bring up, uh, what's his name, Uh, Van Ewich? Van Ewich? Van Wolfgang. No, it's Van Ewich. No, it's Van Wolfgang. That's now now his name, is Van Wolfgang. I know it used to be be Van Ewich or whatever you want to say, Brad, but... He, I mean, he, even after he got married last year, he only changed his name on his jersey. Uh, everybody else still referred to him as. And they still his do, name which prior. is so annoying in this league. Uh, I think any match that's been, uh, I think like 50% of the matches, they've gotten it wrong, but it is now officially Von Wolfgang. Uh, you, you can look it up on our website. That's what it is. That's uh, funny. What were we going to say, though, uh, Kevin? Well, I just think he's a great midfielder, and I don't hear a lot of talk around him. I mean, I hear a lot about Forster and Trotter, which, you know, justifiably so. But I, I always thought that, uh, I guess, Von Wolfgang uh, was a quality midfielder, too, who could uh, who could lead your side. I mean, he's not Naden Quinn. Quinn, the, the reason why I think Quinn is so dangerous outside of his attacking ability is because the clear leadership he brings and the direction he brings on the pitch. Um. I don't know. I just like uh, Von Wolfgang uh, a lot. When he's he played against Phoenix a couple times and had some good outings against us, so I always look at him as a as a threat. I think for for Orange County fans, he's just he's still trying to find his way onto this roster. I mean, he's had a couple good opportunities or good uh, decent matches, but I I don't think we've seen the best out of him yet this season, which has been I guess a little frustrating. Um, but you know there's a reason I picked him on my fantasy team is I, I, I believe in him. I think he can do it. So uh, hopefully, hopefully maybe you're bringing some good luck to him this week. Uh, both you, Kevin and you, Brad uh, are going to bring some good luck to this guy by trying to like force the old name onto it. Maybe that's what he needs is to go back to his old name to, uh, to be a little bit. I, I'm not trying to wish him good luck at all. We, yeah, yeah, we need yeah. you guys to, to, uh, to lose <laughs> this game, you know, and here's a question for you guys. I mean, everybody focuses on our attackers, but we're going to have Aguanaga, Becaro and Musa playing in the midfield. I mean, certainly you guys must feel like that's a huge threat to you also. I mean, you saw what Musa did for, uh, to Adam John this past week. It was ridiculous. Uh, Becaro, a huge threat. He scores, Aguanaga, great passer, great orchestrator in the midfield. Do you guys feel like our midfield is a, is a threat? I think Becaro is the big one. Um, you can't replicate that pass from Musta to John every week. It's not going to come off. Um, so, I, yeah, Musta is, is absolutely the maybe the odd one out there. Um, I think you really have to like really look at what John Beccaro does and look at it like an Aiden Quinn kind of thing where he makes the team and the guys around him better. And it is noticeable. I forget what the stat was that I saw a few days ago, but it was something about John Beccaro and how much better Phoenix is when he plays Yeah, um, and how much better they are with him in the lineup. And so when he's 
in the lineup, you have to mark him. You can't let him get any sort of a tempo going. Um, you really have to shut that down as early as possible and as deep as possible on the pitch as well, just to shut that off and really, I think, nullify what what is making Phoenix so good is this year is being able to play in possession. Um, and yeah, it takes time. And I think John McCarroll is a huge part of that where he knows how to play in that. And he knows how to get the best out of the people around him in that situation too. So if we can stop that, they'll have to result resort to Musa trying those passes to Adam John and uh, no respect, no disrespect to either of those guys, but come on, if you could make that pass and make that shot, uh, like five out of ten times, you'd probably be playing in the MLS. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, and I, I, I think that's a fair. It's a fair take. I do see more out of Musa than just that. Musa's um, a great defender. Um, we just seem to have a great uh, mixture of talent in the midfield. Uh, it's a big hole on the left side, like you're talking about, with Fleming's gone and JJ Johnson um, injured. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I keep going through permutations in my mind of how we're going to adjust our formation to, to make up for that. Um, and I think a key factor to that is how we're going to handle uh, midfield assignments. I think uh, a, a big thing in this conversation too is, is Christian Duke out. I think Orange County, if we had Christian Duke in the midfield, it would be a lot more of a stable midfield with him and Aiden Quinn. Uh, and then, I don't know, it would help neutralize all that, I guess. Alan, what are your thoughts? Um, from watching the first Phoenix Orange County game, um, I do think it just boils down to. I know that you were focusing on the midfield. I think it boils down to how well they can neutralize the attack. Um, Orange County did a, a pretty good job of making sure that the ball didn't find its way into the attacking attacking third very often. Um, there was almost always somebody back, uh, which is not always the case with Orange County. Um, I think it basically boils down to that front three, whoever they put in the front three with uh, uh, Sante and John, whoever that third person is versus the Orange County back line. Um, I think that Orange County is going to get some chances, um, but it's going to boil down to how well Orange County can defend which is always a little bit of a worry because on set pieces, we've always, you know, we've given up a few here and there on set pieces. And uh, I believe uh, John had the goal at Orange County uh, the last time we played. Um, I was kind of blown away about how well Orange County did defend and got back and, and, and fought against that kind of counter. Um, I think it it basically boils down to can we stop the attack at midfield or shortly thereafter? Because uh, I think if Phoenix finds their way into the attacking third, they're going to be a tough team to stop. Uh, so I do think that midfield play is going to be important, and I do think our back line is going to be super huge, uh, and McLean's going to have to come up with a couple really big saves in order to keep us in this game. Um, I'm hoping that we can escape Phoenix with a draw, I'd be super stoked with uh, coming away with the draw. Like I said, Phoenix is scoring in buckets right now. It's like <laughs> it's like they basically you spot them two goals and you just hope they don't score four. All right, let's uh, let's get into this. Let's uh, do our predictions for this match. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the outsider 
opinion here on this. I'm going to go to Brad first. Uh, your predictions for Orange County versus Phoenix, uh, as far as a, the score and maybe the key player for either team in this match, Brad. I'm going to stay out of the key player business. I feel like that's going to be for you guys to take care of because you guys both know the teams better than I do. Um, but just hearing arguments aside and being the neutral outsider, I'm going to have to go with the team that's hot in this case. And I get it. I, I am, I am going against the host of this podcast in this case, it's going to be close. I have uh, Phoenix three to two. I think that they're scoring in buckets right now. You won the last one. You don't need to give me the thumbs down. Right. You guys won the last one. You guys will draw if if you had 180 minutes, it would be a draw across the season. But right now, I think ever since you guys beat Phoenix at home a couple weeks ago, you Phoenix has been on fire. And I think they continue this week. Um, Kevin, as the guest, let's go to you. Um, so thanks to ESPN plus, I went back and looked at the, uh, the game earlier, uh, in early May, uh, between OC and Phoenix, um, where I came out of it and I, I can't really speak to OC at all. So I, I, I'm just keeping it real. Uh, but the Phoenix rising team that we have on the pitch right now, uh, especially defensively is completely different than what we put on the field before. Um, I think John Beccaro is going to come out as the highlight player of the match. Um, I think our offense is going to be able to uh, roll pretty well. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to score in buckets. I'm going to go 3-1 Phoenix. All right, Alan, what about you? I'm going to go with a hopeful 2-2 draw. Um, I do, I do think keeping Phoenix off of the score sheet is going to be uh, kind of next to impossible with the way they've been playing, the form that they're in. Um, I, I want to be realistic and say that, I mean, if it's a clean sheet, I'm going to go absolutely nuts. Like, I'm going to go crazy. My parents won't know what I, who I am. Um, I just don't think we keep Phoenix off of the score sheet with the way that they're playing. Uh, so I think I'm going to go uh, two-two draw. Um, I think Vinicius gets another uh, another tally. Uh, I think he's got an opportunity to really cement his role in this team with seat, with seats out, and uh, I hope that he puts one in. And um, I hope that uh, at least one of my uh, fantasy players uh, also scores a goal, like maybe a nice Leonardo header again, which would be great, or maybe some redemption for uh, Grisostomo. Uh, to get one in that isn't called back for offside. Dylan, what about you? 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, okay. Maybe uh, you know, Vinicius and um, Aiden Quinn scoring. I just, you know, these teams, look at the last 10 times these teams have played and they're so dead even. And I know Phoenix is in really great form right now, but I think this is one of those games that Orange County really rallies for and probably cool. plays one of the better games of the year. Um, and sure, that means it's a draw, but it's a draw against arguably one of the best teams in the league and on the road as well. I mean, this is one of those where if we leave with a draw, I go crazy on my way to the airport, leaving <laughs> Phoenix for much greener pastures. Um, and I'll be thrilled. Um, and if we win, I 
will probably lose my mind. So, yeah, you know. Well, and if we, we win or draw, then we have to go that. and we'll have to go and plan what we're going to do when we take over the Rising as One podcast. Oh, that'll be so awesome. Um, You know what? I'm not going to mess with the broken thing. So last time these two teams played, I made my predictions and it worked out well for Orange County. I'm going to predict Phoenix 5-0 is going to beat <laughs> Orange County. And uh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, let's go with, uh, I don't know who's going to be the key player. Let's let me pick a random player off the website. Uh, exactly. Adam John, Adam John will be the key player for Phoenix in that five nil victory, which again, last time worked out great for feet or for Orange County. Uh, so I'm hoping I, I'm, I'm not going to mess with a, with a good thing. I'm just going to keep going with it until it doesn't work. So hopefully Ray, that is one of the worst takes I've ever heard, man. That's it just worked terrible. last just... time. It worked. You know, the, the funny thing about it is the last time these two teams played at championship soccer stadium, Dylan, myself, Alan, we did a live pregame podcast at the stadium. And I reminded everyone about my prediction of five zero uh, Phoenix. And literally when I did that, the Orange County players that were coming over to the section where we were to sign autographs were walking up, heard me say that, and they turned around and walked back probably to the locker room or wherever they went. Uh, but in the end, it worked out. Orange County won, and I'm hoping for it again because I really want to share my thoughts on the Rising is One podcast. Uh, I, I know all of those Phoenix fans want to hear me want to hear Dylan reading poetry, want to hear Alan talking about whatever Alan talks about on a Phoenix podcast, <laughs> uh, school unions, right? Oh my. Yes. This is gonna, uh, this, that could go south. That'll really be the bad. best episode ever of that podcast. I, I'm just ready for it. We're going to get like hate mail and death threats and all that fun stuff <laughs> when we do that. I, I think I'm scaring Dylan off right now as I speak. Um, I expect it. I'm, I'd oh. be amazed if we haven't already gotten them. Especially if I'm the one, the voice they have to hear on that. I'm going to be going all out. I'm going to be bringing all the, the, the fire and all the Yeah, you might as well just bring the shade, man. You might If you get the opportunity, just bring it hardcore because oh. that's what we do, you know? I'm going to hire, like, butterflies to be Adios. dancing in the background and, uh, you know, yeah, you that's money for this? basically. I, I will invest my own money into it if it's going to rile up the Phoenix fans. Get <laughs> a new hobby, man. Jesus. Hopefully, it happens. I'm ready for this. Hopefully, they don't back out on it either, and they don't say, "Oh, we didn't say that." I have the tweets. Um, any last thoughts on this upcoming match? Uh, either Brad as an outsider, um, or Kevin as the losing sides representative. Good lord. Well, it was nice being invited to these podcasts with my prediction. <laughs> Oh, Kevin, you know, you know, it's all in fun and games. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. It's yeah. All awesome. I can say is if if you're going to show up to the game as fans, uh, don't leave the game early. We had a bunch of uh, Las Vegas loser fans who left the game early because we were kicking their butt and they left about 15 minutes before the, the match was over. And to make things worse, they accused Phoenix Rising fans of threatening them. They said they got intel that we were going to quote unquote get them. And I'm like, <laughs> I haven't heard that term since like fourth grade, man. What are you talking about? Uh, so don't did be lame. Mom, don't did soccer mom, like share insider information or what? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. So 
you know, come represent, be loud, be proud, do all that stuff, but do not leave the match early because then you will just lose any respect we might have. And then when Orange County wins, we're allowed to storm the field, correct? Yeah, well, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, I have to stay because I have to write up the winning <laughs> match recap and send oh, it in. God. Yes. You know, I should have made a deal with you guys, too. I would have flown your asses out here, put you on YouTube, and humiliated you on video. That would have been we'll, awesome. we'll take over your show. If you oh, want to do, do a bet right now, we'll so. take over your show. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry, Kevin. We'll meet up. I'll buy you a beer. There we go. Hey, yeah, we got to figure out where we're going to do that. There's a lot of quality beer in Phoenix. That is an upside. Might I um, recommend Four Peaks? Uh, you know what? I think there's better than Four Peaks. Actually, Ooh. don't, don't, don't. There's Phoenix Rising sponsor, so you got to be careful there. But I should have. Large, what's that? I should have Kevin. I should have you write up something about the best spots to eat in Phoenix because there was some like website I was looking at that was willing to pay people to write. Like right, if you write up on your on your website or your blog the best spots to eat in Phoenix, you'll get like money. I should have like brought you in and said, "Hey, Kevin, huh. come write that up, and we'll pay you like fifty percent of whatever we make off of it." Yeah. I'm pretty good with food. <laughs> I'm better with whiskey. Yeah. All right, there we go. It all works out. Um, let's get into uh, I guess our random stuff. If it, I this has been this has been an extra long episode, so I I don't want to go too long. Um. Let's get into our random thoughts. Uh, let's go, Brad. Brad, what is your random thought to share with our listeners in this episode? All right. Well, I hope I'm not taking anybody else's random thoughts with this one, but I got to give the ladies a shout out for a 13 to zero open cup or open cup world cup debut <laughs> uh, this year. Careful, don't celebrate Thailand. about it. What? Said, so don't celebrate about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't want to celebrate excessively because then I might get made fun of and ridiculed by the rest of the international community. No, this is the World Cup. How many of those people scored their first ever World Cup goal and wanted to celebrate it? But Mallory Pugh scored in the 84th minute and she wanted to celebrate even though it was goal number 12. Celebrate it. That's your World Cup goal. Like, I don't understand everybody getting all upset about that. If if you don't want someone to be celebrating a 13th goal of the game, if you don't want them to celebrate it, don't allow it. It's that easy. Just take them out. Well, I mean, we can't act like Thailand's on the same level. Like they don't have no, any amount of support that the U.S. has, which is why they it seems they should have brought stupid. out some 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 what is it Muay Thai kickboxing in the middle of that match. But they should just like started just going crazy and just doing like roundhouse kicks or whatever. It uh, is their the second World Cup. were hinting at. They're like, oh, you gotta you gotta watch out because they might go for injuries. Like they might try and injure U.S. players. Now it's already eight nil. Nothing in the game has suggested that. Like the it's amount no, of ego from the commentators in this match was, yeah, like embarrassing. It was insane. It's like, Thailand's second talking. World Cup. You have nothing to add here. Yeah, their second World Cup, and they won a game last time. So it's not like they're, it's not like they've never won anything ever. And it's like it's a not pity. like they're Bangladesh or something like that. It's the World Cup. Like yeah. it's not like a friendly. Like yeah, if it's a friendly for sure. If it's like a twelve-year-old game, like. Sure. This is well, the world goal, dif- goal differential matters in this. Yeah. There you go. Just ask Senegal. Oh, yeah. but in all seriousness, thanks for having me on again, guys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, congratulations to you guys for a year. 
looking forward to that hair bed again, 100%. Uh, my girlfriend sitting next to me has just learned about it. Uh, and so you got to bring where, where's she at? Bring her on here. We want to hear her thoughts on this you, bed. Do you want to share your thoughts on the bed? She would love to. Hold on <laughs> Right up until July, and then she. Yeah. Am I allowed to cuss? No. Um. You, well. Okay. Here. Here we go. <laughs> you could cuss. I just need to mark down when you're a cuss because I don't want to have to mark this okay. as advisory. So go for it. Look at this. He is a beautiful curly head man. You are making him lose his golden locks. <laughs> this is so messed up. Hey, all Reno has to do is win. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's simple. Win, please do. Anyways, that's Hannah's thoughts. Thank you. Oh my, that was actually a good. Take. Cheers, that was like that was that was the best part of our anniversary episode right there. Guest <laughs> of the year. Guest <laughs> of the year. Yeah. Brad. Still not you, Brad, but we're getting closer. <laughs> Hannah is going to be our guest of the year. Uh, it's it's between Hannah and the three birds bold cast at this point. Uh, but yeah, Brad, how do you dare make this bet without uh, talking to her about it and letting her know what you're doing? Uh, she's going to hate you once you have to shave the head off. Uh, Easy Dylan, answer. Dylan um, has no one to answer to at this point, I don't think. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. See, when I made the bet, I had no one to answer to. I wasn't dating her yet at the time. And now well, that you tell know, her to calm down. Tell her it's, it's, this is a. Oh, she knows. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But, but I am a man of honor, and I have since said that I will continue the continue the bet, and I have no ambitions to to call it off because I know that my hair is safe. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait! <laughs> really, really quick, really quick, uh, and you don't have to bring her back on, but I want you to honestly ask her uh, if your hair is safe. Is she my hair safe? I mean, she went to the. Uh, she's seen one Reno eighteen sixty eight. Okay, just ask her. Just ask her. Is is your hair safe? Is my hair safe? Um, that'll be awesome. And we definitely, once this all happens, uh, we're definitely going to have to have it, your, your girlfriend's name is Hannah, right? Yes. We're going to have to have Hannah back on this episode once you are bald <laughs> so we can find out what she thinks of, of your, your freshly shaved head. Uh, cause I think that'll be awesome. Uh, and, uh, amazing. Uh, on that because I, I that's it's gonna happen You're, you guys are coming down for the damn uh, summer camp game yeah. where there's gonna be three thousand little kids screaming uh at the match yeah, i'll and... bring a little sign it'll say all for my hairline you know <laughs> <laughs> oh kevin do you know about this bet i i do not okay no. so uh the opening match of the season was against us in Reno 1868 and Brad put his head of hair on the line. Dylan put his on the line and the losing team, that person would have to shave their head. Uh, yeah. Dylan called him yeah. out. Cause the I whole thing was, cause the original bet was between me and John, the losing side would have to change their logo for their podcast to the other team's colors. Yeah. Uh, and then Dylan said, Hey, let's up the ante. Let's go for a head of hair. And Brad said, sure. Ooh. And uh, unfortunately, in that first game, it ended up a draw. Well, I guess luckily for Orange County. because Yeah, luckily. Uh, so we decided down. let's just push the hair thing back to the next match, which is in Orange County, a day game when we have uh, our, what's called our day camp game where basically like every day camp in the area brings their kids out to the match. So there's literally 3,000 kids that are aged probably 6 to 12 at the match. And then the, you know, remaining, you know, couple hundred adults that can skip work to come to a soccer match. 
uh, are there. So it, it'll be pretty fun. And we're definitely going to get video of whoever yeah. is losing their hair. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys talked with the front office and they said that they'd allow after the game the shaving of the head on the field, maybe? They've, they've said possibly. It's considered. Okay. I think the the main thing is they said you need to bring a tarp or something so we yeah. make sure no hair gets stuck oh, that's in the easy. That's easy. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll try and work our best to get that done. I will actually not be here for that match. Oh. So Dylan and Dylan's going to have to control it. I'm going to be in Boise of all places. Oh yeah. gosh. I will be watching the stream and I will be looking for that Facebook or, or sorry, YouTube live video of, of Brad's hair being shaved by Dylan or Alan. If Alan can make it up to the match, they have internet match. in Boise. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. Wow. I mean, if they, if they have it in Reno, they have it in Boise. <laughs> i noticed brad didn't laugh at that one that's um, fair yeah, he didn't like that one well i mean brad tried to poison us with some like poison uh alcohol or it wasn't brad it was what? some of the other guys from Reno. oh my lord oh that's that that's stuff that's horrible hey no if anything it's the uh Oh, what did I feed you, Dylan? That I have a couple extra cans that I'm bringing down for that game too. Oh, by the way, oh my guy! Oh uh, gosh, you. what was it? Uh, Lunar Hosen Marzen by Lead Dog Brewing up here in Reno. Have That's you ever, little... Kevin? Have you ever tried Malort? No, it, it's it's rubbing alcohol. Look, it's from Chicago, so you know it's garbage. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like when you go to like Wiener Sitchell. Yeah, I'm not getting the Chicago dog, please. Um, yeah, uh, the, man, that was like a. Th- 15 minute random thought from Brad. Uh, let's go to Kevin for a random thought. Uh, again, it could be soccer related. It could be just anything. I mean, it could be a book. Uh, I'm just going to make it short and sweet. I, my girlfriend's Thai. Uh, so today for two hours, we were not friends. It was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> a brutal two hours for, uh, for her, uh, women's team props for them. Celebrate every goal you make totally hundred percent behind it. Um, but I got to give props to the Thai team. They played a clean game the whole game. They held their heads high. Um, they didn't melt down. Uh, they didn't do anything stupid. And I just thought that was really respectable. We don't even see that with some of our USL teams. So I got to give them major props. Awesome. What about, uh, let's go to Alan. Uh, my random thought is soccer related and it is props to uh, the St. Louis uh team for taking out Chicago uh, in the Open Cup today. Uh, shout out to Phil Grooms and the entire St. Luligans, I think, is their group. Uh, but I do have to point out, uh, there was a point toward the end where a Chicago guy tries to push the St. Louis goalie, slips, falls, and the referee falls on top of him. It is one of the funniest things I think I've seen in soccer uh, since uh, Tottenham's attempt to beat Liverpool. Um, but like, like literally the referee literally falls over the player. Like um, it's because the referee like runs up and I'm going to put, I'm going to show this in the camera from my phone, but it'll loop back around again. Shoves falls over referee falls over the player. And it's like the most awkward thing to have ever happened in soccer and i just couldn't <laughs> it was so good it was so good so if you have a chance to watch back the st louis uh chicago game uh it's good soccer it's good footy and um the referee fog over the chicago guy toward the end was uh pretty classic so that's my random thought of the day 
Dylan, what is your random thought? Hey, hey before Dylan oh, jumps wait, on, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. can I interrupt just real quick? I'm sorry. I'll make it extremely fast, but I should have made my random thought. Uh, I'm wearing my Phoenix Rising uh, Pride Month jersey. They've made special jerseys for Pride Month. Uh, big shout out to all of the members of the LGBT community. Love them. Support them. We do a lot of stuff uh, from our supporters group. I think you guys do an OC also. And uh, just huge props and support and love. All right, Dylan, now your turn. <laughs> I love it. No, I'm all about I'm all about this. I'm bummed that we don't have a pride jersey, but I don't Your random thought's going to be about the fantasy soccer, right? No, it's not because it really <laughs> I'm happily in last place because I would you, happily yeah. donate every month instead yeah. of June. Um, but um, since no one's already listening to this podcast and <laughs> Father's Day is this weekend and most of us have dads, um, some of us have two dads, um, not myself, but, uh, you know. Get to it, man. Get to it. We're being very inclusive. I'm going to read a poem um, because, you know, no one's listening already. So this is uh, Those Winter Sundays by Robert Hayden. Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue back cold. Then with cracked hands that ached from labor in the weekday weather made banked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the rooms were warm, he'd call, and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house. Speaking indifferently to him, who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know? What did I know of laws, of love's austere and lonely offices? So, you know, if you have a dad or two dads or a parent of some sort you should probably tell them like you love them or something this weekend. Maybe do something nice for them because God tell knows, like I you mean, love like them. my parents have spent a, a lot of time and, and energy and all they've gotten is me. So, you know, <laughs> pay it back with a few kind words or a nice kind action. Uh, Dylan, man, you're a big part of this podcast. You're a big part of everything in this, this world. So don't, don't talk like that. All they got is you. Did I ruin it? Into other kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me. I have a couple things to talk about. First, let's talk about this wonderful um, uh, locker room that was provided for what Nashville SC Good at Lord. the uh, at Beth- Bethlehem Steel match that was played at somewhere in LaSalle. Um, I don't know uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Go check out social media. It was sort of like uh, a spot on the side of the field with some like random goals blocking random people from going over there uh i'm sure you guys all saw it it it, it's pretty ridiculous what was provided and what was called a locker room uh so yeah i thought usl had standards about that it was really surprising because i could have sworn that the usl had certain criteria you have to meet for the locker room you know provide showers that kind of thing so seeing that was very discouraging and surprising well, you could well, have stopped let... it. I thought the U.S. Health had standards, and you could have ended it. <laughs> yeah. Still I mean, they let Las Vegas into the league, so. Um, yeah, it, it was it was weird. I, you know, when I saw the first initial tweet, I thought it was some, like, joke tweet about, you know, this is our locker room type thing. But then when you start reading about this is actually what it was, it's, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It's pretty sad. Um you know, for the, every like couple steps the league takes forward in trying to evolve soccer in the U.S., you get something like this where they didn't like 
check what was going on in this situation in this temporary or random, you know, whatever stadium. So it, it sort of sucks for the league. It makes the league look bad. And, and it ultimately makes every team in the league look bad because this is what, this is what happened. So it uh, sort of sucks in that. Um, other thing to just briefly mention is our fantasy soccer for playing for pride. Um, my team is in first at this point after week two. Uh, my team has 38 total points. Alan's team has 28 total points. Dylan's team has 12 points. Dylan's team, Dylan's, Dylan's team is playing shorthanded because he picked Charlie Adams, who was recently released by the club. And he also has Aiden Quinn, who missed this last match. So I, I think Dylan has already accepted that he's going to come in last place in this. And, and ultimately, it's between myself and Alan. But Alan somehow picked Aaron Cervantes as his first goalkeeper or as the first goalkeeper pick when so Patrick McLean dropped into my team. And I think I'm benefiting from that. Um, We'll see. We'll see how things go. Uh, Follow us on social media to see who ends up winning. Uh, Again, the two losing sides will be donating or to playing for pride uh, 25 bucks each. The winner side probably will you know, I'm going to win. So I probably will donate as well, but it is what it is. Sorry, Alan. Sorry, Dylan. I'm going to win. I picked, <laughs> I picked the better team. I mean, I, I could probably read off the teams to Brad and Kevin and they barely know Orange County. They're going to look at the teams. They're going to be like, yeah, Ray picked the right team. Dylan picked the crappiest team ever. Uh, <laughs> I cannot yeah. believe you disrespect Aiden Quinn like that. I hope he never speaks to you at a game ever again. <laughs> Aiden Quinn was like your one good pick, and that was your first pick. And Alan had the Excuse very me. first pick. Then you, you know, and I then Cody I Hashimoto have... never even looks at yes. eye ever again. You had Hashimoto. You had Charlie Adams, who isn't even on the team anymore. You had uh, Contra Owasu Ansu and Walker Hume. You pick two defenders in fantasy soccer where most of the points are goals and assists. I mean, Kevin, uh, Brad, if, if you're picking fantasy soccer for where most of the, there's no points for defense really, except for starting a game. Would you pick two defenders on your team? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I listened to the, the I listened to the episode and by the sounds of it, there was slim pickings left in the first place for at least one of those picks. The second pick was Contra Owasuansu. The third pick was Walker Hume. Two defenders in his top 50% of picks. Oh, okay. I can't defend you. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I can't defend you anymore. Oh, my. <laughs> Sorry, Dylan. I have to call you out on it, man. That was, yeah. What do you got to say, Dylan? I don't Dylan? regret anything. I really don't. This team. His team was like the Tacoma Defiance of our, <laughs> of our fantasy. And hey, right here, my last pick, and he's been one of the best players on the team since I picked him right there. That's why he's on my, what Dylan calls my fat head wall right here. I'll be adding more players as we go through the season. Uh, you know, but he's yeah. only good because I called him out on the podcast. Hey, what? True. Call him out. Hey. Just like I, I called a team out for not going over to the fans at an away game on Twitter. Next did they week, do it on? Did they do it? Team that goes makes, over. Awesome. Um, yeah, that, that wraps things up with this. This has been an extra long episode, our anniversary episode. We've been around for one year and it's all because of you, the people that listen to this podcast. If we started this a year ago and a year into it, we saw only like two people listening to us. Dylan and I would probably say, you know what? I guess we're not that, that good at this. And Alan joined us recently. So the three of us would be like, 
yeah, it's not working out if only two people are listening to us, but there's people listening to this podcast. We keep it going and we, we do it because of people that listen uh, like you, those of you that are listening to us right now. So for all of you, thank you so much for supporting us, for listening to us, for listening to the random craziness that we have to say. Sometimes we, we, we're we smart and we talk about real smart soccer things. Sometimes we just are random and talk about the stupidest things, but you guys still listen to us anyways. Um, a big part of our success has also been our guests that have joined us, like Alicia, like Kevin, like Bradley and anyone else that has joined us through this year. Uh, we want to thank all of you for taking like time. Hannah. You know, like Hannah too. Yeah. Hannah is now one of those official guests that have joined us. Uh, we want to thank you all because you don't make money. You don't get anything out of joining us except for the, the excitement and the fun of talking soccer with other soccer fans uh, in this world. So we appreciate all the help for our guests that take the time out of the day to join us. Um, if you are listening to us, continuously thanks for it if you're listening to us for the very first time go back and listen to some old episodes hear what we have to say we always talk about stuff that happened in the past every single episode so it's 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 also fun and great and awesome it's soccer stuff um so for our guest alicia for kevin for brad and then for our regular contributors dylan alan myself this is the orange and black soccer cast and we are out Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Almost heaven, Orange County, Saddleback Mountain, Santa Ana River. Life is new here, fresher than the breeze, as close to the mountains as we are to the beach. County roads take me home. To the place I belong, Orange County, soft mama, take me home, County Road. All my memories gather round us, the coalition. Dark and dusty, the days you see I Here beneath the moonlight, our voices lifted high County roads, take me home To the place 
Take me home. 